today on the Zabecast. Just how hard can it be to watch NFL playoff games on your streaming device? Believe it or not, you have no idea. Four games, they may not all be good, but I've got four winners or next week's picks are absolutely free. Also, team coverage in Philly, friend of Zabe, Harry Mays of 97.5 The Fanatic, and in Minnesota, the godfather of geek, Paul Charchian. You got a half an hour to kill, then buckle up and let's go! All right, here we go. Divisional round playoffs of 2018. In theory, there is no better weekend to watch football in the NFL. Thank you for joining me on the Zabecast. Got a big show today, double guestage, team coverage, and more. So let's get going. We'll start with this. I got an email from Chuck, and of course I clipped and pasted, and I don't have Chuck's last name. Let me see if I can find it here real quick on the fly. Chuck Spear. There you go. Chuck Spear. S-P-E-E-R. Wait a minute. He's not pranking me, is he, with the... uh, Now. Chuck Spear. Uh, Thank you, Chuck, for this email. I was talking about on on my show, on my 980 show, which you should listen to and download the podcast of that, on ESPN 980's audio... Elephant Auto Audio Vault. It's also on iTunes, I do believe. Anyway, I'm talking on my local show about how my wife said, hey, uh, can we go up to Philly uh, for uh, this weekend coming up? And I said, yeah, that shouldn't be a problem. I said, the only thing is the, you know, the NFL championship, the AFC-NFC championship games are Sunday, and you know, I kind of like to watch them, obviously. And she's like, well, can you watch it in the car? Because frequently, Daddy will put his phone on the dashboard and catch a sneak peek of the Sunday ticket on his phone. Safely, of course. When there's no, no other cars around and I'm driving well within the normal speed limit and all that. But usually when I'm really, really watching, she'll drive and I'll sit in the passenger seat. So I said to my wife, I said, you know what? I don't know. Because I don't know if you can actually watch the games streaming on Championship Sunday because... The NFL still thinks it's this fun game to make the customer, me, you, anyone else, jump through all kinds of hoops just to watch the game on their phone. I don't understand. Aren't the commercials that are in the game enough to pay for the game? All these streaming rights and exclusive this and exclusive that, it's ridiculous. So, Chuck Spear writes me to say the following. Zabe, I was listening on your 980 show, and you were wondering about watching the championship games on devices. It's my understanding, he says, that the whole Verizon exclusivity thing is only for smartphones proper. For example, I can watch Sunday Night Football NBC app or the Monday Night Football ESPN app on my iPad just fine. But the moment I try to use the same apps on my iPhone, I get this message Only Verizon customers can do this because I am an AT&T subscriber. As far as the championship games go, writes Chuck, on your iPad, you should be able to use the Fox Sports Go app for the NFC game and the CBS All Access app for the AFC game. Can you see, by the way, how deep in the fucking weeds we are now with all these different apps and logins and verify your provider and blah, blah, blah? Fox Sports Go requires you to sign in with your provider, as does DirecTV. Uh, Do they have an agreement in place? I don't know. I have Dish, but I actually use my in-law's cable account to sign into sports apps. Bad man. 
CBS All Access normally requires you to sign in with a paid account, <laughs> but I think for major events like this, they don't. But I could be wrong. Anyway, it sounds like your best course of action is going to be using your phone to watch because you're guaranteed to get the game no matter what without paying extra. But if your eyes are anything like mine, an iPad would sure make for much better car viewing. <sighs> I, really? I mean, seriously, are you fucking kidding me? Listen to all those hoops you got to jump through. Paid access, CBS, their app, login, provider this, exclusive that. Hey, NFL, just put your games online. Let people watch them without paying anything extra, without tying it exclusively to some carrier. The commercials in the game itself, whether you stream it or watch it on TV, those commercials ought to be enough to pay for everybody to watch the game. But, I know, it's money. The NFL, they're like the Grinch. They will leave no crumb behind. All right, here's my picks for the games, for what it's worth. And you can laugh at these come Monday or Sunday morning or Monday morning, or you can go, damn, that Zay was a genius. Here we go. Atlanta, Philadelphia. This one is my upset of the weekend. I am taking Philadelphia plus the three, but I would play them as a straight-up, Upset winner. I think the Eagles are going to come out with a withering combo of punches. I think they'll take like a 21-6 lead. Uh, Matt Bryant has an extra point blocked. The link is on fire. But the Falcons regroup, and they come out in the second half, and they start pressing it up. Julio Jones has some spectacular catches because that's what he does. Eagles add two field goals as things kind of bog down, and they hang on for dear life to win. 27-23 Eagles, straight-up upset. That'll be the over 41 as well. And, oh, oh, yes, watch for a Doug Peterson botch job on something in this game. Timeout, challenge, who knows. Uh, The second game of Saturday, I will take the Patriots minus 13 and the over. Duh. Hey, way to go, Johnny Square Play. Here's the narrative I think I could easily see playing out. Maybe it will, maybe it won't. Malarkey and Mariota come out and they catch Belichick and and, and Matt Patricia with a new wrinkle they weren't quite ready for. Don't know what that is. Could be a variant of their run scheme. They run the so-called exotic smash mouth. And I'm going to think this game's kind of weird and grimy for at least a half. Let's call it a three-point game at the half either way. Second half adjustments are made, and the Patriots start pouring it on in the second half. And they win going away 44-20. to And you'll say after this game is over, God damn, I should have seen this one coming from a million miles away Patriots, 44-20, I'm calling it. Lay the number, take the over. Sunday we go. This is the one. Jacksonville, Pittsburgh. This is the one I think we're going to be talking about on Monday. Something's going to happen in this game. Maybe another replay controversy. Maybe a big fight. Maybe a cheap shot. I think this is low-scoring trench warfare. Big Ben will be under siege from the mayor of Saxonville, Calais Campbell and company, and... I think it's a 17-13 game, or no, 17-16, let's call it that. Steelers win on a Boswell chip shot field goal after, let's say, a huge P.I. call on Antonio Brown, or at least in favor of Antonio Brown late in the game. Jaguars and the under is my play here. Jaguars plus seven and the under 41. Low-scoring trench warfare game. That's the game we'll talk about on Monday. New Orleans, Minnesota, I will take the Vikings minus five in just sort of a layup cover. A clinic from start to finish for the boys in purple. And I think there will be some Breeze retirement talk after this one because I think he's not going to have a good game. He's not going to retire, though, but there will be talk. I'll take the Vikings 30, 
to 13, and I will take the under on the 47. So those are my picks for what they are worth. And the answer is nothing because you didn't pay for them. Now, if I go 4-0 and and I hit all the totals, oh, yeah, you're paying for next week. I can assure you of that. All right, we've got team coverage today on the Zabecast of the divisional round. First, Philadelphia, then Minnesota. We go to Philadelphia, where the Eagles are playing the disrespect card. Can you believe it? A one seed is an underdog in their home playoff opener, and the Falcons come to town. For more on the game, we go to Harry Mays, my buddy, at 97.5, the fanatic in Philly midday host. Mr. Mays, how are you, my friend? I'm doing great, Steve. Good to be with you. And that's what you play. That's the only card you can play <laughs> when you lose the MVP of the league in week 14. So uh, are, are the fans and are you guys on the air, are you playing that card with a straight face or are you kind of turning away like, well, yeah, we probably should be underdogs? Yeah, it, it is. It is with, you know, <laughs> with a little bit of a wink, wink, you know, yeah. because it's sort of that way in the locker room. We're finding out, too. I mean, there's some players like Fletcher Cox who yeah. are saying, you know, hey, we've been disrespected all year long. Malcolm Jenkins echoed that, too. And I'm like, disrespected at 11 and 2. What are you talking all year about? Long. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, you weren't disrespected all year long, but you are disrespected now because the quarterback is the most important position in all of sports. And you had the best in the NFC, at least. Uh, going into uh, week 14, and now all of a sudden you're stuck with Nick Foles, who hasn't played you know, his best football since 2013 when he had Chip Kelly. And that's, I think, what people who uh, were not there in Philly when he did go 27 touchdowns, Harry, over two INTs. Mm-hmm. A goddamn magic trick, if you pardon my French on this. I, I still don't know how that happened. How did he post those numbers under Chip Kelly? How? I, you know, I, I tell you what, his jersey and his cleats are in the Hall of Fame next to Peyton Manning for that feat. Yes, they are. I've seen it. Because, because I didn't it's, what, believe it's, the, it. it's the greatest touchdown INT ratio in the history of a single season? Yeah, I believe so, and, and I didn't believe it until some Eagles fan actually went there to Canton and took a picture for us and <laughs> sent it back. So I do have ap- actual proof. Uh, but the reason I think that well, happened by the way, is because... That, those do- that dubious entry into the Hall of Fame is next to a Mark Brunel jersey. Oh, is Brunel- it? Yeah, Brunel for the Redskins, when one of the years we were going nowhere with him, he completed something like 22 out of 24 passes in a game. Uh, and, and it was against the Texans, but the catch was, I think 16 of them didn't cross the line of scrimmage. Wow. And and they're like, this is the highest completion percentage in a game, and so we're sending your jersey to the Hall of Fame, and I'm thinking, if I ever do go to Canton, I am going to walk past that exhibit so fast, it'll make everyone's head spin. <laughs> it's but sort I'll- of like Sam Bradford with the, he's the king of the four-yard pass and a 70% <laughs> completion percentage. Exactly. So yeah. So everyone's searching, uh, everyone, all, all the Eagles and the coach. I heard the coaching staff was looking at old films of Foles to go, okay, what did he do back mm-hmm. when he was good? Did they find anything, Harry? 
But I don't know that they found anything. I mean, there there were things that he did really well in Chip's offense, but I got to attribute a lot of that to the fact that that was the first real the first year that Chip was in the league, and this was all really new to these defensive coordinators. It was all the pace. NFL. It was all pace and exhaustion, right? It, exactly. Yeah, I, I remember that also, first game against us here in D.C. Oh man, and I, it that, was, that was with Vic, though. You're right. That was with Vic. Yeah, that was with Vic before he got hurt. So, and then Foles came in at what juncture? I forget exactly what okay. week it was, but he just went on a run that yeah. included a game out in Oakland where he threw for seven touchdown passes in one game, and a couple of those were to Riley Cooper, of all people. Oh, that's right. And, yeah, and the reason for this was is that Deshaun Jackson was on the team. LaShawn McCoy was on the team. I mean, he had yeah. some dynamic playmakers. Six speed all around. Exactly. Except and that, that's the Deshaun the Jackson before you got him, you know? Exactly. It was a different and, Deshaun Jackson. He, right. There was peak Deshaun, although – Deshaun produced for us. I had no complaints with Deshaun here in Washington. He was, of course, a bit of a diva. He didn't really practice real hard. Right. Blocking was just a rumor, but he yeah. still peeled the lid off of, of <laughs> defenses, and Kirk finally got figured out, like, I can throw it to this guy. He'll catch it. Okay, so back to Foles. So yeah. what he did several years ago is not going to be replicated. He's got to be Foles 2.0. He's got to figure things out. My biggest thing with Foles is that he just doesn't, understand he's fucking slow i mean mm-hmm. really slow so he'll be he's loping. like a drunken giraffe <laughs> yeah. he's loping back there on a play and some fat lineman's pursuing him and i'm sitting on the couch going bro you better dump it you're gonna get sacked and i bet Foles harry is like i'm so fast i can mm-hmm. run away from this guy ah! and then he gets sacked. <laughs> Right. Yeah, he does these pirouettes and stuff and then just like, you know, uh, stumbles backwards. And next, you know, he's 15 yards behind the line of scrimmage. And like you say, he gets sacked. So, yeah, you're absolutely right. He has to he, he has to realize who he is. And he was pretty good last year. He came in in two games uh, for the Kansas City Chiefs and actually didn't do a bad job. He right. beat the I think the, the Colts and the Jaguars, not great teams. But he threw for a very efficient percentage, you know, didn't throw interceptions. And that's really all you can ask of him, on, you know, on Saturday. I don't th- expect him to be great. I don't expect him to, you know, re- revert back to the Oakland game in 2013. He just needs to be efficient and get the ball out of his hands and not throw interceptions. All right. Where do you stand on your head coach? Because Michael Lombardi called him one of the worst coaches in the league in August. Yeah. Then. Doug Peterson went and stitched a clown suit on Lombardi by the season he's had. Mm-hmm. But you know and I know, watching games close, he, like a lot of coaches, makes some of the dumbest timeouts and or challenges you've ever seen. This is Absolutely. a big spot. This is a big spot for him in it this is. game. Do you think that Doug Peterson will be up to the moment? Well, I don't know because I'm looking for this game to really find out a lot about Doug Peterson because he doesn't have Carson Wentz to cover up for some, you know, stupid decisions, whether it be, you know, to review a play where you're only going to gain two yards right. if you win the challenge, that right. kind of stuff, which he's done, and he did that last year. You know, he went for a fourth and eight in the first half against the Giants with a lead and, you know, around midfield, and we're like, what are you doing? And, you know, the Giants went down, took the ball, and went down, and if it weren't for their own stupidity, mm-hmm. would have put up seven points. But they screwed it up at the end of the first half. So he, he sort of has a horseshoe in his pocket right now. And we're wondering, is that all because of Carson Wentz, or is it just because, you know, he's been lucky, 
you know, on his own, right. and he's going to be able to sort of figure this out without Carson against Atlanta. I'm just trying to see, can he win one big game without Carson? I don't know the answer to that. So has Pennsylvania become Philadelphia? <laughs> no. No, no, because we've no, seen this no. before. No, okay. no. Okay, so it's no. it's not Foles Mania. It's just don't fuck it up, Folesburg is yeah, the new city. That's the new city. Please don't fuck it up, Folesburg, and let's run the ball about a trillion times if possible. Exactly right, and let the defense you know do what they can do at home. They're really good at home. I mean, they're seven and one this year, and the one loss was the Dallas when they didn't really care and didn't play half the starters last year. They were six and two at home. You know, when the team was not nearly even as good. So it's it's definitely a home field advantage. And uh, Matt Ryan is 1-3 in, in his career again, uh, in Philadelphia. So we're hoping that plays to the number. Okay. And uh, I, I saw where you decided that you weren't going to worry about a backup to Foles. You were just going to go with my guy Nate Sudfeld, the ex-Redskin. And I saw he, he put up some decent numbers completion-wise. But otherwise, he was a bunch of dinks and dunks against the Cowboys. And I don't think he scored. Right? No, he, he did in. not. And, and to show you what the, the level of confidence is in Nick Foles, there were actually questions that led off at a press conference last week yeah. after week 17. Could you go with Doug Sudfeld? Peterson about Nate Sudfeld and how long the leash would be on Nick Foles. Do you believe this? The guy never even played a meaningful game in the NFL. A sixth-rounder from Indiana who we released. Now, right. we, we make mistakes here in Washington, but a guy that was released in August, and you're saying, well, you know, when are you going to get the hook for this gem of a backup? Right, and now according to uh, the people that cover the team on a daily basis, the quarterbacks coach, John Filippo, who was a sort of a hot or medium-hot coaching candidate uh, in the last week, really loves this guy and has worked really extra hard with him even throughout the season, not just in the last three weeks. So he sees something in him, but there's no way that you could put this guy. If you have to go to Nate Sudfeld, it's really over. Okay. Hey, yeah. Alshon Jeffrey, remind me the one-year deal that he was signed to this offseason. What was the number uh, prior to the his top, extension? It was somewhere around, I believe, 9 or $10 million. It was a one year, just now gotten an extension. It was a one-year deal, right? Yes. Okay, and he got an extension because he's been everything you could want and more, right? Uh, well, I don't or, know about more. I think okay. he's been pretty good. So, I, I, yeah, solid. I would say solid. The thing about him is, is you don't have to be precise. You can just sort of put it in the area. Oh, and yeah. he's one of those guys that can go up there with a catch radius, and he's going to fight for balls. And that's what Nick Foles, one of his problems is. He's one of those guys that likes to throw to an open receiver. Well, you know, Alshon Jeffrey doesn't have any speed. It's, he's not a speed guy. Right. He's kind of a physical guy with a good route runner, and he'll go and compete for 50-50 balls. Foles has to trust in that on Saturday, or Alshon's not going to make much of an impact. Yeah, it frustrates me because the Redskins went with a one-year deal on a receiver in the form of Terrell Pryor, mm-hmm. and he was a complete bust. And we look up I-95 and go, well, the Eagles spent basically the same amount of money on Alshon Jeffrey, and he's been good, right. and you now got him under contract for a couple more years. So yeah, very frustrating in that regard. Okay, who's the most popular Eagle right now besides Carson Wentz, who is out? Who is like the second? Wentz is one by a, a wide margin. Who's yeah. number two? Number two, I, I would have to say on defense, Malcolm Jenkins is very popular. So is Chris Long. Okay. Uh, and uh, by the way, is Chris Long really playing for free this year? Yeah, apparently he is. He donated all you know that every is, every last cent of his check. That is it's crazy. amazing. Isn't it? It's a, it's amazing. It's crazy. It's a 
It's a great gesture. There's no doubt about that for college educations uh, for underprivileged kids. But I don't think we've ever seen that before. So it's weird because usually in Philly, there's two or three really well-liked Eagles, and they're the guys. This Mm -hmm. team seems to be Wentz and then kind of an interesting collection of guys. Yeah, it is. There's there's no real clear cut number two. I mean, you know, there's no uh, Brian Westbrook, Brian Dawkins types of guys right. yet on this team. But or Deshaun or more... T.O. or right. uh, Shady. Right. Yeah. Everybody loves Shady. People. You People know, still miss everybody... Shady. Yes. Big we have time, Shady huh? withdrawal. I mean, the fact that he's still <laughs> cooking it at the at the level that he he is this year, you kind of expected maybe he would have dropped off like most running backs do, but he's still uh, playing at a high level. Did. Did uh, what's his name get a bad rap? Uh, the coach about how he handled Shady because Shady basically called him a racist. Uh, yeah, and, and I, you know, racist is a, Chip a very serious charge unless you have absolute proof. Well, he didn't, I don't think and that's and here's the thing: he didn't call him a racist. He just painted the lines all around it, so right. that that's what people easily you could inferred. connect the dots. Yeah, yeah, he was basically saying he's not treating us like grown men. Mm-hmm. So he wasn't he wasn't a people person, and that's one of the reasons why uh, Jeffrey Lurie did hit the eject right. button. He's ev- evidently turned a lot of people off inside the building that weren't players. They too. said so they he, said Kelly was emotionally detached. Yes, yeah, <laughs> sort of like a serial killer, or or like any dude watching football on Sunday when their wife is like, "Can you take out the trash?" Yeah, Honey, I'm detached from you and the whole world. I'm so into this game right now. Yeah, and you've got the home team minus seven, and they're oh. down by two touchdowns. You know, that's emotionally detached. Right, exactly. And then you get emotionally <laughs> connected to the game real quick. So with this being the disrespect card, with you guys being the one seed, with a good defense, with a week off, with a running game, you're going to clean up on this line, aren't you? You're taking the Eagles up to your elbows to the legal limit and then some, right? Yeah, I do. I, I like the Eagles in this spot. I really do. I, what is it plus again? It's plus three right now. It, it it opened at three, went down to two and a half, and now it's it's back to three. Uh, but I do like the Eagles in the spot, and a lot of it is on faith that uh, you know, on Doug Peterson, who's going to not revert into his mentor Andy Reid and avoid the run game uh, like uh, Big Red did against Tennessee with that big second half lead. I'm expecting to. I'm hoping that they go back to the game plan that they ran last year against these same Falcons where they, they won the game at the, link, at the link in November, where they had 32 rushing attempts from Ryan Matthews and uh, Wendell Smallwood, totaling mm-hmm. 180 yards and two touchdowns. Just changed the names to Ajayi and Blunt. They gobbled up 38 minutes of possession and won the game convincingly. That, that's really, I think, the recipe. All right. Harry Mays is a huge golf fanatic. He was very kind to host me at his club this past summer. Uh, I forget the name of it. Uh, rolling, rolling Meadows, uh, Happy Valley, uh, Shady Acres, something like that. Plymouth, Plymouth Country, Country Club. Club. Plymouth Country Club. I mean, beautiful. I loved, I loved your club because it was quintessential parkland, old mm-hmm. school golf course. Small greens, tall trees, um, very strategic. You know, he didn't have to move a lot of dirt around there. Right. Uh, good halfway house. Good hot dogs, good beer. You didn't make me pay. I like that about the club uh-huh. as well, so that was very nice. I owe you a reciprocal date. But Harry is a huge golf fan, and I want to ask you two things. One, Dustin Johnson's near hole-in-one on TV at Kapalua. Were you watching that live? I did not see it live, but I immediately heard about it and went and saw it online. 
and uh, it was jaw-dropping. I it mean, jaw- 430, stunning. Right. 433 yards. I mean, <laughs> say what you want about, you know, him hitting the – you know the the slope and and you know bouncing downhill it down to the downwind green. yada downhill, yada downwind. yada yeah of course but Jesus it came to within a foot no nope. from an albatross nope. foot three inches it was, was it three inches it was inside the dick as we oh, like man. to say inside the dick <laughs> and and what was great Harry is that you know it was caught on camera perfectly three different ways I only wish they had shot tracer which they did not for some reason mm-hmm. they show the behind him t-ball and you can hear either his caddy or somebody say "Ooh, that was hit hard in yes fact, it might have i been, did hear that maybe it was the announcer said Ooh, i think that it was, was the hard. announcer it yeah. might have been nabolo or somebody i don't know right. but yeah so they're like you see it from behind Ooh, that was hit hard no shot tracer but that's okay and then you had the in the air shot from the landing cam in the fairway and then you had the close-up of the ball trundling down the fairway onto the green and you see it rolling, and like any shot you watch in golf, and you're like, oh, ooh, wait a minute, this the one's breaking back to the hole. This could go in. It's registering in your head, holy shit, this could be an ace on live TV on a par four. Yeah, absolutely and spectacular. Unbelievable. Really I, was. I would have missed the three-incher probably yeah. after that, but that's just me. <laughs> well, me too. You've seen me. Uh, Harry <laughs> tried to get me in his golf pool this year, and I rudely said, nah, because I deemed it, quote, too complicated. Yeah. You had to pick, what, two players a week? Is that you it? You had to pick, actually, two A players, two B players, and two C players. See, see what and I'm saying? And you can saying? only use certain players a certain amount of time throughout the season. <laughs> see, now I'm, I'm staring at my podcast audience like Jim Halpert in the office and just saying, see, too complicated. I thought your office pool, I thought your golf pool was going to be pick one player per week and you can't reuse them. Well, that, that that's my suicide pool that I'm in. That's a di- that's a, a suicide a suicide yeah. golf pool. Yeah. How does that work? You make the cut and you're still alive for the following week. Well, no, it's it's basically maybe maybe suicide is not the right name, but it's it's just like a survivor pool where you you pick one guy each week and you can only use him once. Okay, and whatever if he makes the cut, whatever his earnings are are your points. Oh, uh, okay. If he misses the cut, you get zero, but you can they, you still can't use him again. Why don't we do? Why don't we organize a true suicide golf pool where you literally pick one guy to make the cut and then you can't reuse him the rest of the year? That's That'd fine. be hard, I'm in. right? Yeah, you're in. It's difficult. Whatever okay. you design, I'm in. All right, Harry you know is me. also Harry is also recovering from a golf injury that you people are not going to believe when he tells you this because it's as gruesome as the Napoleon McCallum injury mm. uh, way back in the day or any other gruesome sports injury. You dislocated and fractured your ankle playing golf, correct? Yes, I did, on acorns. Walking off the fourth green at Plymouth Country Club, uh, the green complex, walking down the hill, covered in acorns, my <laughs> left foot uh, started to slide on on the sheet of acorns like I was walking on marbles, oh and the ankle went in God. instead of out, and all my weight went on it. And by the time I got to the bottom of the hill, I looked like Gordon Hayward. Oh, Jesus. No lie. That is, I've never heard of that before, yeah. acorns. Now, uh, is there any litigation against the club? Absolutely sir? not. Really? No. You couldn't no. find a single slip-and-fall lawyer. There's no way I would do it. Oh, because you love your club. That's very well, nice. It's, yeah, it's like, that's okay, maybe I can get a bunch you. of money, but then I lose all my friends. Well, that's a good point. But then you, you know see, you, I mean? take, you take all that money, 
<laughs> and you go down the road to the next nicer club. What, what, I joined what, Mike Missinelli's club. <laughs> what club is that? Uh, White Marsh. Okay. Yeah. So you take all the money as, <laughs> as radio host bankrupts private country club. Right. And you take your money, go to the next <laughs> club. But you know what? You'd be a pariah at the I'd next club. I'd be a club. pariah. Right, That's because exactly they would, the word. They would yeah. look at you like a slip and fall. They'd look at you like slip and Jimmy. Right. You know, uh, better don't, call Saul. <laughs> slip don't and let Jimmy. him near the pool. <laughs> <laughs> so how are you doing right now? What's where's I'm the doing state good. of your rehab? I'm in, uh, I've been doing a, a month's worth of rehab. I'm off, you know, out of the boot. I'm uh, ba- barely on crutches. I only use the crutches, and I walk with the crutches. It's not like I'm crutching officially but sometimes mm-hmm. when it gets real sore i'll still crutch around a little bit okay. but uh i think within the next two weeks i'll be fully functional as far as walking so okay golf maybe another two months maybe i can start chipping god bless you harry that yeah, sucks to hear that but i'm glad that you're fighting your way back and absolutely i will not only treat you at my club which is a humble little club out in western loudon county i'll just get us on someone's really nice club in D.C. this summer, okay? I'll get us on Congo. I'll get us on uh, RTJ. I'll get us on Columbia. Something special. Something nice just for you, my friend. Uh, That's awesome. All right, Harry. Good to talk to you, buddy. Good luck to your Eagles, all right? Thank you. Beauty, eh? Yeah, I like that. Okay. Okay. okay, everyone, this record was my idea. Get out! It was. You're lying. Pete Hosehead here just sort of rid on my coattails. Why are you doing this? It was our idea together, right? Yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. We agreed to, to say that, but... Oh, take off! Yeah, yeah, he's good. Okay, so good day. Our topic today is music. That's right, like because my brother and I are now experts in the field. Yeah, eh? right. Because we're a band now. And, yeah, uh, yeah. Well, so. except for him, I'm a band. Oh, how can you do that? Making me look bad. You're such a hose hand. Yeah. Well, take off. Take Now we go to the Great White North for the only other game that anyone really gives a shit about this weekend, and that is, of course, the Big Bang finish on Sunday afternoon. Saints at the Vikings, and our friend, Decharge, Decharge, co-owner of Fanball.com, host on KFAN in Minneapolis. In year 23 of doing Fantasy Football Weekly on the radio, he's now on my podcast. Do you feel special that you're now on my podcast, Charge? It depends on what how many podcast episodes there have been. If I'm your first guest, then yeah. If I'm your 23rd guest, then no. You're my first guest guest from north of the 48th parallel. How about that? <laughs> or something to that degree. I don't know. I'm probably right. far north of that. All right, let me start with this. Vikings, by the way, five-point home favorites against the Saints uh, at 440 Eastern time, Sunday afternoon, the big finish game to the weekend. So... Every team in the NFL has their things, right? Some teams have had their low points and their incredible droughts like the Browns have had. Some teams have their scandals like the Patriots have had. Some teams have had their moments of low comedy like the butt fumble with the Jets. Hmm. I would dare say, Charge, that the Minnesota Vikings have had more calamities 
than any other franchise in the NFL. Here it is. The season's on the line. Two receivers left and right. McCown takes the snap. He steps up. He's all by himself. Fires into the end zone. Caught! Touchdown! No! No! The Cardinals have knocked the Vikings out of the playoffs. Brett Favre goes back to pass. He pumps. Now he fires over the middle. Intercepted. I can't believe what I'm seeing right now. It was intercepted by Tracy Porter. Near side to the 40. And John Sullivan runs him down at the 47-yard line. You've got to be kidding me. I can't believe what I just saw. Looking at that play, he should have just held on to it, Paul. He should have. He could have easily gotten five or six yards if he would have just pulled that thing down and dove forward. But why do you even ponder passing? I mean, you can take a knee and try a 56-yard field goal. This is not Detroit, man. This is the Super Bowl. And I'm going to walk through them, and you tell me if I'm wrong. All right. Just in random order, okay? And some of these calamities are bigger calamities than others, but still. Here's the just quick list I cobbled together. Well, now hold on. Are, yeah. are we, we going to rate these? Are these no, on the no, we don't have, Are these on we the don't, kilometer? No. We don't even have time to rate. We don't right. have time to rate these things. Okay. All right. I'll put All the right. kilometer away. Okay. <laughs> uh, just walking backwards in time. The Bridgewater injury, Mike yep. Zimmer's eye, the Blair Walsh yep. duck hook, Adrian uh-huh. Peterson's switch whooping of his kids, the yep. Brett Favre interception, Fred Smoot's mm-hmm. party boat, Corey Stringer's death. The Metrodome roof collapsing. The Week 17 touchdown by Arizona with 0-0-0 on the clock to knock you out of the playoffs. <laughs> Mike Tice's stupid shit-eating grin and his greased pencil. Gary Anderson's missed field goal. The shutout yes. of the Giants in the NFC title game. The Christian Ponder experiment. The Joe Webb experiment. Les Steckles regime. <laughs> Calamities, charts. You guys have suffered and suffered and suffered. And you know what? I'm going to be rooting for you guys because you deserve to get home to the promised land of a game in your home stadium. How about that? And, and do we ever deserve it against the Saints, the team that bounty-gated right. us? They concussed, they concussed <laughs> Brett Favre for money. And, by the way, Favre this week acknowledged that he was playing concussed in that game. Oh, yeah. And, uh, yeah, and all that true, by the way. And the, here's the funny thing. From somebody that's done – 23 years of, of sports talk radio here mm-hmm. it's still a vikings town every 365 days a year you can talk minnesota vikings in this town yeah. and people would rather hear that than hear about your playoff bound minnesota twins exactly it's, and, and they've never won a super bowl I, well and i did and i didn't even include the four four super bowl losses Yes. Which i think is still an nfl record correct uh tied with the bills and by oh, the right. way Favored in three of the four, Oof. so you know, everybody went in, you know, assuming there was a reasonable chance of success, and then walking out with nothing. The, the last Super Bowl you guys were in was what year again? Seventy-seven. Okay, I would dare say, and I didn't do any research on this charge, but of the teams who have been to the Super Bowl, you guys might have the longest stretch since going back to the Super Bowl. Like, there's a handful of teams that have never been, obviously. Right, Lions. Lions, yeah. Browns, Jaguars, uh, maybe Texans is another one. Yeah. But for the teams who have been at least once, who has not been back longer than you guys? That's something to think about. Don't... I, yeah, yeah, and I, yeah. You, you're right. It's been it's been forever, and yet the interest here has never waned a bit. 
you know, we've, we've had sellouts for a football team here, you know, in the god awful Metrodome for, you know, most of the better part of 30 years. Oh, yeah. And, and, you know, all we did is ever sell that place out. So, you know, the fan base here has never wavered in their support. I remember during the Sturm and Drang about getting that stadium built. I remember talking to Drew McGarry, Minnesotan himself and big Viking yeah. fan. And yep. I remember saying to him at the time, Charge, on the air, I was like, man, fuck the NFL. Just tell them no, you're not paying for a new stadium, or at least you're not paying that much, and let them take that team to L.A. They're not going to do that. And I remember what Drew said to me with this forlorn look. He's like, you don't know, man. They'll do it. <laughs> and, then, and then I won't have a team anymore. And it was the saddest puppy dog expression. And it kind of hit me inside thinking, you know what? He might be right, and yes, losing a team that way would be devastating. Would you agree that they would have yanked the oh. team and you would have been on the outside looking in, begging to try to steal the Rams or the Chargers back for your city? Correct. Yes, they absolutely would have moved us to L.A. because, you, uh, And all you have to do is look at, the, look at what's happened in L.A. Since, since then. Not one but two teams have been relocated there. Right. So they, abs- they absolutely would have moved us. And it broke our hearts to lose the North Stars 25 years ago. Wow. And, you know, we're still, we're still not totally recovered from that. And we've got another hockey team. Yeah. And now you got a beautiful new stadium, which I cannot wait, Charge. I am so lucky I am going yes. to be there in Minneapolis for Super Bowl LII 52. And Have you, now, what? Oh, sorry, go ahead. It, go, no, you go ahead. How many now do you do you know where you're going to be and how many Super Bowls have you been to? Let's so let me start there. How many Super Bowls have you been to? Uh you mean well, okay, first of all, I've been told by our program director, CJ, that I can use the one credential our station has been given to be at the game, and I said I will take it this time. Most yes. years I do not go to the game itself, I go home. <laughs> and I, I wouldn't blame you. Okay. This so, time, this time, it might. I would like to think this time will be different. You'll go to the game. No, I'm the going. The stadium is gorgeous. No, Absolutely. That's, well, that's the thing. I cannot wait to see the stadium because it just it blows me away with the windows, the bird killing windows, of course, which they of are. Of course, they are. I, is there a guy outside with a broom just sweeping up dead birds twenty four seven out there? No, but we do have people that are dressing up as birds in bird costumes and then ramp, running and ramming themselves into the stadium and then plopping over dead uh, to make a point. <laughs> really? Yes. Okay, so you asked me where we're staying. No, well, I, here, where here, you're are staying you, is, is not you, material, but what no, I, no, what I was tell, trying to ask... Well, yeah. here, I'll tell you where I'm staying. I'm staying right. uh, in a lovely, uh, I think it's a, a Motel 6 in the Cabot... <laughs> Cabotagama State Forest. <laughs> is that a good place to stay in Minnesota? Thank in you. Ja- Thank you. Google in January. Maps. Genius yes. Google Maps. <laughs> I'm in Hibbing. Is Hibbing close to Minneapolis? <laughs> Hibbing is close to Minneapolis. Um, no, if it's you're not. currently in Africa, Hibbing is close to Minneapolis. Um, I've oh, been credentialed. Oh, Pat Malley, our engineer. By the way, I mean, standing ovation to Pat Malley for hooking up the ISDNs. He's listening at the Caps game right now. Uh, Pat, who's, who will be with us on the trip, says we'll be at the Hyatt Place by the airport. So there. Oh, all right. Well, see, you're and you're so you're going to be right by Radio Row, yeah, which is going to be at the Mall of America, which is obscene. I can't wait. I love malls, and it's the biggest mall in the world. It really. And here's the thing. It's hard to grasp until you get in it, 
just how ridiculously big this thing is. It better have it, a Cinnabon and an Aunt Annie's pretzels. Otherwise, I'm doing a U-turn and I'm leaving. I kid you not. There are, there are, uh, yes, I, there, there are right, what five about or six. What about the roving, five or six what about the roving gangs of Utes with their droopy pants menacing shoppers? Didn't they crack down on those a couple years back? Well, keep in mind it's Minnesota. So our, our version of that <laughs> is, you know, it was like, you know, the, one of the seven black kids got together with one of the six other black kids. And they went there for a day of it, and everybody got all, you know, got all worried. Are you and, saying one of Prince's cousins hooked up with Kirby Puckett's cousins? <laughs> That's right. And, and That's then people, what I'm saying. And then all the white people freaked out, and they're like, hey, man, call the police, man. Correct. Get them off our back. Correct. All right, well, I can't wait to go. And by the way, Charge is going to take me to a steakhouse that he says is the greatest steakhouse in the world. And if I, had a, if I had a rump piece of fat for every time somebody said this is the best steakhouse in the world, yeah. I've got a lot of fat in my pocket. So what is this steakhouse we're going to? Manny's Steakhouse. And why and is it so great? <sighs> okay, so first of all, uh, just to Do they give slaughter you a... the cow at your table side like in The Simpsons? Is it that no. fresh? Okay, well then, all it's right. It's not that. Ahead. But get this. The cow, oh, they, they, all, every piece of steak is bred from the same bull. They've got this bull that's just, just the genetically superior bull. And that one bull sires every single piece of steak they cook. And that's how they get an insane level of consistency Shut for it. Shut up. So there's yes. one bull. How, how, how long does that bull live? I think bull. I don't know. Bulls live quite a while, I think. And, but he can't. Uh, I mean, the steakhouse has been around longer than the lifespan of a single bull, right? That is true. But okay. they started doing this about four years ago. Okay. Now, when the Vikings, as when the Redskins have a free agent player in who they're trying to woo, where do they take the where do they take that player for dinner? To uh, Manny's Steakhouse. Yeah, for the Vikings, it's to Manny's Steakhouse. This is where they go to seal the deal. Got it. For and so okay. you know the Vikings have got a private room, the whole bit. So I, yeah, I can't. You're in I for can't wait. Time. And I've been to Burns Steakhouse in Tampa, which got similar sort of hype as you got to go to this place, and it was good, mm-hmm. and it was legendary. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, a steak is a steak. So I look forward to going to Manny's because I have heard great things, and I thank you for setting that up. Let's, yes. Let's now cut to the chase. This is your year, isn't it, up there? Yep. We are going to the Super Bowl as a home team, and we will be favored, and the Vikings are going to win the Super Bowl over the Pittsburgh Steelers. Is there a fear of overconfidence in and around town? <clears throat> oh, God, no. This is a – keep in mind – I mean, are you talking about from the fan base or for the players? I'm just saying in general. You say that my money would be on you, but is there anyone going, hey, slow down, you know? We are the team of calamities. Who knows what could happen to keep us from getting there? Zabe, we're the city of calamities. (laughs) We haven't had... Bridge collapse, did I include that one? (laughs) Yeah, bridge collapse, that's right, exactly. You know, Senator Al Franken, okay, that's that's not the city per se, it's the state. Yeah, well, we elected him. Yeah, yeah, uh, okay. So, you know, we haven't had a championship since 1991. That was the Twins. Yep. You know, we've our, the Wolves have the worst record in the history of the NBA as a franchise. Oh, That's God. your Timberwolves right there. Yep. The Wild have sold out every single game and, ne- and have never made the Stanley Cup. 
Right. Uh, so yeah, we're, okay. we're 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 there's no such thing as overconfidence in this community. All right. I I will say, having seen you guys, and by the way, our Redskins put the most points on you all year. So we're gonna hang that as a small banner of our own, thirty points this year. But yeah. just watching you guys play, I said to myself, they do all the right things and make all the right plays at all the right times. You guys are the quintessential well-coached team and talented too. I don't want to sell the talent short because there's talent there, but it's just a well-coached team, I think. We agree. Uh, Zimmer's special, man. He's um, the players have this uh, this unbelievable respect for him and they talk about his accountability the accountability they get from him all the time he will attack everybody who does anything wrong there's no players up on a pedestal around mike zimmer Mm. he's on the veterans he's on the pro bowlers and he coaches them he coaches these guys and they he takes a pile of 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 misaligned crud like trey waynes Mm -hmm. and turns that guy into a player (laughs) Just right. through rote, you know, rote repetition and effort, and his schemes are baffling for opponents as well, which is fantastic. Harrison Smith, the safety, might be the best defensive player in the NFL, and he he may end up winning the the uh, the defensive MVP. Right. All right. Let's talk Case Keenum. There is, I think, some confusion for people out there that how could this guy, who is such a journeyman be yeah. having such a great year with you guys. It's not just the numbers. The eye test is like, who is this dude? Tell me the story of Case Keenum this year. Came into camp as the presumed, uh, you know, number two, at least until Teddy get better. And then he was supposed really the number three guy. Um, right. it, he was signed to a, a very modest deal, $2 million and one year. So he, like the rest of the Vikings quarterbacks, will be a free agent at the end of the season. And, Zabe, the the funny thing is, week one comes. It's the Monday nighter against the Saints, same team they're going to play mm-hmm. uh, on Sunday. The starting quarterback for that game, Sam Bradford, has the game of his career. Yep, three hundred forty-six yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions, a perfect passer rating, and is named the NFC Offensive Player of the Week. And then on Tuesday, he, he went to go get some Chipotle and hurt his knee somehow, and was out for the rest of the season. Dun, he wasn't dun, even, dun, dun, dun. Yeah, not even sacked in the game. Right. Not, not only was he not sacked, he was right. untouched in the game. Right. Literally untouched in the game, and he has what ends up being a a, a, a injury that's so severe that he has to go on IR. They didn't even that's find, your they didn't find it until Tuesday. You're right. That's another calamity right there. You're like, how it is. is that even possible? And Teddy Bridgewater came back before Bradford was ready, which is amazing. Right. Okay. That is amazing. And right. by the way, Teddy comes back to all this fanfare, and they finally get Teddy in at the at the end of a blowout win. And Teddy, the the groundswell of support for Teddy. Oh yeah, a great a great kid. Everybody loves him. Everybody's rooting for him. And his first pass interception. <laughs> it was tipped though, wasn't it? Uh, by our own player. It was, the pass was behind uh, yeah, was right. behind our running back, Jerick McKinnon, yeah, and went off his hands. Another guy caught it. Okay, so. Let's say at the end of the year, all three of your quarterbacks are actually going to be free agents, and I'm not sure how they're going to play that. But who is the odd man out of your three quarterbacks? And if it were to be Keenum, would the Redskins be wise if they lose Kirk to go hard after him? I believe Keenum will be here, and if he's not here, he probably follows Pat Shermer to Arizona to coach the Cardinals. 
That's the fear that people have got here. Because now, at, at first, nobody wanted Case. Now everybody wants Case because he's, you know, he's all, basically all he's done is one win right. since he right. came here. Right. You know, he's got one loss as the, as the full-time starter. And um, and so there's uh, there's a lot of momentum to try to keep him here. Now, if, he, if I, ideally for the Vikings, they sign Kirk Cousins, you can go have Kirk. You can go have Case Keenum. He's all yours that point wait a minute and, you got whoa whoa, but, whoa 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 yeah. blah, 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 blah. what'd you say what the what? hell did you just say Hold what on. the hell did you just say what the hell did you the vikings are going to sign kirk cousins vikings have the third most cap room in the nfl 59 million dollars under I the cap i want to hear cap numbers i want to know is this being talked about it is up here we're Jesus. talking about it we talk about it all the time no yes you yes. know what oh my god you know what listen Here's the crazy thing. Down here in D.C., we're not even talking about the Vikings being in the running because we assume uh, you're going to pick the best of your three guys right now. All we're worried, I've, I've said Denver and Arizona, Denver and Arizona, and really it's Denver, 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 wild cards Cleveland, but that's pretty much it. The fact that you're talking about them, oh, great. Okay, well, you know yep. what? Let me tell you what. If you get them, you're going to get a hell, of a, a hell of a good quarterback. Is he Tom Brady? No. Is he Drew Brees? No, but with a with a running game and a defense, you yeah. you will be like, fuck, this guy is awesome. He makes the right decisions. He's on time with his passes. He deciphers schemes and can pass against them. And look look at the development he has had. And he's never had the luxury of a Vikings style defense to work with oh, or yeah. a running game that's been anything other than awful. The Redskins it- defense has been bottom five, charge bottom five all three years that Kirk has been a starter <laughs> and 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 a good chunk of our never Kirk fan base who think he's a perennial seven and nine quarterback don't even want to acknowledge that fact and I'm like you oh, people are geez. crazy you have to realize it's a team game there's two sides of the ball okay I'm gonna so, move on yeah, yeah I want to move on from that depressing thought and and just ask this how did Adam Thielen Get so good, an undrafted white kid from nowhere state. Uh, yeah, he was. He grew up in northern Minnesota. He went to an anonymous state university in the middle of Minnesota, and he the Vikings did one of those sham local tryouts. Yeah, where you know it's like you know anybody can come. We'll call. take a look at you. Yeah, the cattle call where yeah. they never take anybody. They took one guy and offered him a chance to come to camp. Adam Thielen, he uh, he made it as a special as a. As a practice squad guy, then he got on his special teams. Then he got to get some reps at wide receiver. And then last year, he really started to bloom. They wisely signed him to a new deal before this season. Gee, what a shock. A, a team getting ahead of a guy's talent and contract, unlike the Redskins with Kirk. <laughs> Duh. Yes, yes. And so what, and makes, it, what makes him so good? A couple things. Hands, One route is, running. Yeah. He is Fantastic quick. hands. He's athletic. He is quick and athletic. If you didn't know he was a white guy, you didn't want to know he's know. a white guy. Right. Yeah. Uh, it's uh, and he's he's always in the right place, which is pivotal for a guy like Case Keenum, who's doing the quick release, throwing yeah. to a spot. Adam Thielen's there. He drops virtually nothing. Yeah. He's very good after the catch as well. The Vikings have got a lot of a, a lot of what these. 20 and 30 and 40 yard plays through the passing game, but most of them start as 10 and 15 yard plays that then get extended after the catch by Thielen. All right. So you feel like you got the Saints number. Here's why we have the Saints number for this Sunday. I'm not positive, on paper anyway, there's not a great spot for them to turn up a lot of points. Vikings are 
awesome against the run. They're the great, a great running team with Kamara and Ingram. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they both are two 1,500-yard running backs. But the Vikings gave up the fewest yards at home all season. They gave up 2.8 yards per carry at home. And the, when, these, when they faced Kamara and Ingram and Adrian Peterson in week one, none of them topped 18 yards against the Vikings. This is um, it's a great it's a great Viking run defense. So then you might think, well, what about the, what about it's Drew Brees? What about the passing game? Well, right. then I go to let's look at Michael Thomas. Their physical outside wide receiver matches up with the Vikings equally physical cornerback Xavier Rhodes, who shuts down virtually everybody. And he held Thomas to 45 yards in the opener. Then you might say, well, look at Ted Ginn. He's the speed guy who's had played a big role in their win last week. But the Vikings have got a straight-line speed cornerback in Trey Waynes, who, who, who plays just like him. And Ginn only had 53 yards and no scores in the first one. Vikings, if you're thinking maybe Josh Hill will score at the tight end position, Vikings give up the fewest yards of tight ends. It's, it's, it's so hard to find an angle for where the points come from unless this thing turns into a kicker duel, which they can win because we've got your old kicker, Kai Forbath. Yeah. Charge, I pray for good health and good luck for your Vikings. Nobody deserves it more. No more calamities. I don't want to add to the list, and it's just great to talk sports with you and not worry about fantasy matchups. Not that you're not great on fantasy matchups, but it's just good to get you in a different setting, buddy. Good luck on well, Sunday, thank you. okay? I am looking forward to seeing you live in person in uh, three weeks. And by the way, does the Mississippi River really start at Lake Winnebogoshish? That sounds right. If that's somewhere in the middle of the state, <laughs> then yes, it's, that's it's, where it starts. I'm looking at Google Maps, and I'm zooming in, and I'm like, first of all, yeah, they weren't lying about the 10,000 lakes up there. Good God. Oh, it's, and then, 15, it's actually 15,000. <laughs> and I see Lake Winnebogoshish, Winnebogoshish, and it says Mississippi River right in the middle of it, as if, like, yeah, this is where it that's all starts. That's the start. Yeah, if that, that's probably right. That's Very probably good. right. Charge, good yeah. to talk to you, buddy. Thank you. Thank you. It's a beauty way to go. We'll leave you with this today. Pussy hats. Remember them from right after Trump's inauguration, the women's march on Washington with the little pink knitted hats, pussy march, you know, because of the whole protest of Trump and grabbing by the pussy. Well, they are now out. What do you mean they're out? Well, they're out of fashion. Well, they never were in fashion, Zabe. They were kind of ugly and whatever and. You know, who's going to wear that around town? Like, hey, how's it going? Yeah, a hey, nice pussy head. No, no, they're out because of, of course, political correctness. The color pink was chosen because pink was associated with femininity, femininity said the Pussy Hat Project on their website. We did not choose the color pink as a representation of some people's anatomy. Anyone who supports women's rights are welcome to wear a pussy hat. It does not matter if you have a vulva or what color your vulva may be, if a participant wants to create a pussy hat that reflects the color of her vulva, we support her choice. This after backlash from some people that say the pussy hats are not inclusive enough of women or transgender or non-binary women or women whose genitals are not pink. <laughs> I... I'd love to say I'm making this up because I'd be the best comedy writer in America, but I'm not. This is, this is real. These are real quotes. Well, the Women's March chapter in Pensacola, Florida, wasn't having any of that, your vulva, your choice sort of thing, and here's what they said. 
The pink pussy hat reinforces the notion that women equal vagina, and vagina equal women. Uh, oh, what? Isn't that the way it is right now? Hey, shut up, you Neanderthal. And both of these, they say, are incorrect. Additionally, the pink pussy hat is a white-focused and Eurocentric model in that it assumes all vaginas are pink. This is also an incorrect assertion. So said the Women's March chapter in Pensacola, Florida, on their Facebook page. Welcome to 2018. Thank you for listening to the Zabecast today. Yes, please subscribe on iTunes. And yes, Google Play is now up and running. Yes, please let me know if there's a platform where you want to see this that you don't, that I have not put it on or you don't know about. And of course, correct any and all my mistakes. And please, please tell two friends. Reach me at Zabe at Yahoo.com, at Zabe on Twitter, and of course, Zabe.com for even more content from me and archives of these shows on SoundCloud. Thanks for listening. Have a great weekend, everybody, and we will see you Monday.